Hi, everyone, and welcome to Lifestyle Club, the podcast. For those of you who are new, we are a podcast featuring the fabulous women in football and giving you a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to be a footballer's partner. Myself and Helen Drury started this podcast to share the real experiences in football. As wives of ex-professionals ourselves, we are very familiar with the ups and downs of this seemingly perfect life that football can bring. Today, we are excited to have Lifestyle Club member Leanne Brown on, the true definition of girl boss. She is a wife, mother, entrepreneur, charity ambassador, reality TV star, and author. She has a wealth of experience when it comes to life and football, having been with her husband, Wes Brown, for 22 years. We are so excited to have her on the podcast today. Thanks for coming, Leanne. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, You've been such a supportive like member of Lifestyle Club, and we're really happy to finally get the chance to have you on today. Um, and it's been just so lovely to have you at all of our events, and obviously with the Guardian piece, that was just amazing to have your support there. So I thought we could kind of just jump right into it. So when you met Wes all those years ago when he was 17, how did your life come? Like, obviously, you probably didn't have any experience in football before was it just a whirlwind of amazing glamorous experiences were there lots of ups and downs what was that kind of experience like um yeah well obviously going into um that environment in the in the players lounge and being at united and stuff it was very it was a very um quite daunting and obviously because yeah, at that time it was like the beckham and it was like beckham and Giggsy and all them like kind of really uh, even Cantona and like them kind of players are in there and and it was um yeah it was it was really daunting um how you know I I didn't I mean I remember when the first time I met him and he said oh can you come and I've got to go and buy a suit because he he had his first first um he played his first time in the God, I can't even get my words out. He'd fir- he'd played for the first time in the first team um, <laughs> on the week that I met him. So when when we first met, we met in a club, and then we arranged to uh, meet up, we exchanged numbers and stuff, and then uh, we arranged to meet up the following week. And um, we, were, we were just so young, and he had to go and buy a suit because at, at that time they used to have to wear suits when they went in the players' lounge after the games, and he didn't have a suit. So, because um, he obviously just made his debut, so I went to meet him and we went to Flannels. Now, I'd never even been in a designer shop in my life <laughs> before, so going into Flannels, and it was like, it felt really pretentious, actually, you know, like, you know, look at you, the yeah. shop assistants up and down, they have to say, yeah. you can't afford to be in here, that kind of, and that's the vibe, that's how I, it made me feel, and yeah. I remember him trying <laughs> this suit on and, and looking at the, the the prices of everything, thinking, wow, um, and uh yeah so that was an experience in itself I mean before I got to the the football part of it mm-hmm. uh funny funny story actually and then he said to me well what are we going to do now and I was like well you're taking me for some food and he said <laughs> I'm not even hungry and I was like well I am <laughs> all these girls that are like yes I'll just have a salad we went to the this Henry's it's called in Manchester it was like this pub and he sat there and I ordered a prawn sandwich and chips and he ordered a coke and I just ate it in front of him <laughs> oh, Oh, that's so funny. you mean to go on? That's how I, how I say it. Absolutely. Uh, um, what was your main highlight? Like you, you mentioned the Beckhams, you mentioned Cantona. You obviously, there was a lot of um, media attention on that team. I mean, there is nowadays, but that's sort of when it kicked off, wasn't it? That whole media attention of footballers' wives. 
Um, what what was your highlight of being at Manchester United? Um, for like the the party side of it, you mean, or or <laughs> whatever? <laughs> well, I suppose I've got to say a bit of both, haven't I? I'd say um, with regards to um, watching Wes and his achievements, I would say the uh, Moscow, the Champions League final, because. Um, that was, I remember when I first met him, it was the um, it was kind of the treble the, that year. Was it the year after? Um, it was it was when they won the treble, and I wasn't really into football anyway. And he was like, "Oh, um, I don't think you give me the option to go to Barcelona." And I was just like, "No, it's all right. Take your sister." Um, <laughs> and now I'm kicking myself, obviously, because I wasn't there. And um, but yeah, I, I got to go to Moscow and I, I got to see him win, and he actually played like for uh, uh, like almost all the game and he, he played really well so that was like amazing it was really weird though because the, the timings was so odd and we, we didn't kick off till like 11 so the time we got to the after party it was like four o'clock in the morning or something like wow. that crazy um but yeah that was an amazing experience and then obviously with the the glamour side of it it's got to be the beckham's um world cup party that was like mm the wow of all parties really and just like yeah. how they did it all and the like the marquee and and uh, we were sat like next to well she was on the next table uh, Joan Collins and um, <laughs> I was just so starstruck uh, <laughs> and she was talking about how she didn't wear diamonds and she just wore um uh, what's the what's the other the alternative to diamonds that like look like not not Swarovski the, yeah, yeah yeah she mm-hmm. wears that she never wears oh. she never wears real diamonds and that was like oh my god John Collins doesn't wear real diamonds so that was like <laughs> um I was just like so stashed I was sitting next to her um but yeah that's, that's um, probably it was an amazing amazing party just so many like high profile people there so you have to like pinch yourself um, but there's been lots of events, lots of amazing, amazing events and amazing um, parties. And um, like you, when you when you're in it and you get to know everybody, everyone's just just ordinary people. Aren't they just, yeah. just making a living and getting and it's, on. And, it's good that you said that because I think it, I mean if, whether you're in football or, or you aren't, it, it, you know, there is still that worry, especially like I mean we're at that time of the season. Although actually we're not now because no one's going to the games. But for a wife and partner, or even a family friend, or or, or anybody, go the thought of going into a players' lounge is quite scary. The thought of going into Man United players' lounge that sound that's that must be I mean I can imagine that would be like oh my god so much pressure but you're saying you know it's true isn't it though it is everyone is really down to earth and nice and it's not what you it's not how you what you imagine it to be it's not as scary no no not at all um yeah everyone was lovely and and the staff and everything at United and they had a crash there in the players lounge um for all the like the, the kids could leave the kids in there and the babies so it was great um I don't think they've got that anymore but at that time it, it was great especially obviously after I did have children um but it did feel special like it was so nice to go to the games and 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 watch it and just be part of it all it was it was it was an amazing experience um yeah um, and then Wes is still part of, um, still linked with Man United in some form, as like you said, as an ambassador role. So you've still got that connection with the club. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't really, obviously, have a connection with the club. But no, he got, he's obviously there a lot. And I mean, I, I'm terrible. I couldn't even tell you he's in United team now. 
<laughs> I'm a terrible dog. I think um, what's what's he called? Um, oh, we said his name yesterday. And I can't remember it. Oh, let's just let's just bypass that because I'm rubbish. <laughs> that's like such the case for so many wives and partners, though. But I think that's what like brings everyone a bit down to earth because you don't really. I think was it um, Peter Crouch who said like Abby always calls him at like kickoff time and is like, "What are you doing?" And he's yeah. like, I "Have a game." <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of that disconnection that like brings everyone kind of back down to earth. Like it doesn't really matter who you see at work today. When are you coming yeah. home to help me with the kids or what do you want for tea type of thing? Yeah. It's yeah, normally, definitely. I know I used to like be ringing my husband complaint, like moaning about the kids or something. You'll never guess what they did. And I would forget that, oh, actually he's about to play a game this morning. Or I'd be like, I've been up three times with our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a good moan about it and then you're like, oh yeah they're about to go and play a big game so yeah, yeah. It's very strange <laughs> yeah well at united they were well he was away so much like obviously because they had um before a game they, they brought this it wasn't initially but then they brought it in where they'd have to stay in a hotel the night before even if it was a home game just to make sure they got the sleep and everything and mm-hmm. um obviously then they were away a lot because they were in so many different um um competitions like trophies whatever you want to call them <laughs> Terrible. um you know like the Champions bit. League and then the FA Cup and the Premier yeah. like there was so many different things so they were they were away so much and uh at United anyway but obviously then when he went to Sunderland um that was well he moved there so I didn't move there I stayed here with the kids so that was like that that was the toughest part I think of of um our relationship just to be apart for that it was like five years oh my gosh um, and we've seen each other for like twice a week for that for that period mm. and it wasn't quality time it was he was really tired like we well obviously I if I go to the games but then if the kids had something on where they'd have a party or they'd have a um something an activity they were doing so yeah. I didn't get to go every weekend and it was just such a long way it was like three hours drive for him to come back and then he'd get back and then he'd have like even like five hours and then set up again at the early hours of the morning or like mm. uh, that night and he was tired so then we there was no there was just no quality time and mm. and I think that um mm. I mean in hindsight I probably would have moved if we had that time again I don't regret it because there's so many different things that happened throughout that period like I did the housewives yeah and I, I had other opportunities that come my way and and obviously um, I learned so much about myself during that period, obviously because I was like kind of living a single parent life in, in effect. Mm. Um, and also doing, growing as, as a person and learning more about myself by doing the the TV show and, and just getting a bit of in my own independence and stuff as well. And mm. um, so that was, it's been a massive learning curve for me. So I, I wouldn't say, I regret it and I would go I would want to go back and do it again but if we had another option where or potentially we're gonna be going to live somewhere for five years then I think um seeing how it affected the kids then I definitely think more seriously about having to make make the move potentially yeah and I think I think with any football family there is there is that well any family that have their you know one of the one of the parents has to move I think it is that there's the pros and cons isn't there of staying uh, like uh, uh, moving all the whole family or or staying and and 
you know, you do have to think of the kids sometimes, don't you? And, and you know, that whole meeting new friends and stuff. Sometimes it's a great experience. Sometimes it isn't. Um, yeah. And that's sometimes the risk you have to take, isn't it? But, you know, that's the... That's what and you, you never know how, you never know how long it's going to be. Like no. it could be, they could go on loan. They could, you know, their contract could be short. It could extend. So some of the, I, you know, a lot of the members who do have partners who go abroad, they're like, well, we're going to stay because we don't actually know how long this contract's going to last. And, and yeah. football is so fickle like that. So you, yeah. you weren't to know it would have been five years. It could well, he did get, I think he got a four-year contract initially, then he did another year after that. Yeah. But, I mean, I just had Lola. So like the first yeah. five years of, of, of her life, she, her dad wasn't really like around that much at all, do you know? Mm. So um, I think Hallie, because she'd had that time with us, um, from birth and been on her own and, and kind of was that bit older because there's four years between each of them. I think the the, per, the one that it affected the most was probably Lilia. I think mm-hmm. she probably felt it because she kind of had a dad around for the first four years of her life and then all of a sudden he was like out of the picture practically for like hardly seeing him, you know, like a couple of times a week. So yeah. I think she probably, it probably hit her the hardest, definitely. Yeah. And that's definitely in football. Some people don't see that all those kind of um, sacrifices that players and not just the players, but also their families have to make because the career is so short and you've got to go where you're wanted and all these things. So um, that's part of the reason of these kind of podcasts to kind of talk about these different issues that occur in football that people don't always really think about that that could happen. Or yeah. probably even realize Wes has a family that, you know, like old daughters and things like that. Sometimes they don't associate it. But from the beginning of Lifestyle, you've been so supportive of us and our mission of kind of raising awareness of like well-being, especially within this community. There's not really a lot out there for wives and partners or a lot out there that kind of speaks the truth of wives and partners. There's um, a lot of stereotypes about wags like quotes wags because you can't see me but I'm doing quotes on wags <laughs> and um so our podcast is kind of about like tearing down those um stereotypes but one of the things we think that one of the things we're trying to educate on is kind of is financial education and support for the players and wives because it doesn't seem like there's really that much out there when it comes to educating wives and partners and even players sometimes about finances and just overall general financial advice. Like what's your experience with that? Do you think football has enough support in that area for the families and players or? Um, Well, I see it was, it's it's difficult to say now because I don't know if anything's changed since I obviously was in that um, environment with, with Wes. It was like, quite a long time ago but obviously there definitely wasn't at that time I mean there's a lot of people that want to kind of scoop you up and take care of you and and give you all this advice but it's really difficult to trust people and know that they're in it to for you and or for themselves and um I mean we've been quite open I've been talked about how we have been taken advantage of um massively by um 
not even just people that have kind of come in to, I mean, the, the film schemes, they used to come in at the lunchtime in the, in the clubs and just go around and basically just like have, because the clubs okayed it, the, the, the players just assume that, that it's a legitimate thing yeah. and it's safe and, and it clearly wasn't. And obviously there's a backlash of that now um, massively with the players that did get involved um, with all that, including ourselves. But with us, um, what's been really difficult is because it's been what we thought was friends and it's it's just so hard to to actually when you're I mean we we have been probably too trusting and and very open and and um naive I'll say um but when somebody kind of disguises themselves as your friend and they've got your best interests at heart and then you do trust them and and you invest a lot into that relationship and you're kind of blinded by it and it's just so so difficult to to see and um unfortunately it's um it happens it just happens every every day not just probably football just in general doesn't it that people get taken advantage of that do have have um earning a lot of money um but yeah, it's um, just yeah. I think in football, like um, like you said, there is that. There's as soon as you, as soon as your partner becomes a footballer, there is endless amount of people around to help them with all sorts. Whether that's you know savings, investments, um, you know buying a new car, getting a cheaper holiday. Like there's so many people that will bend over backwards. Doesn't mean to say you're always getting a good deal. And <laughs> usually, you know that there is that. Oh, there is that thing with oh, if your friends in the changing room are getting that car deal, then you just think, oh, I'll do it as well. You know that you doesn't mean to say you're necessarily getting the right deal, or if you're helping a business like a friend's business, you you kind of um, it, it, many players will do that thing where they trust um, the people those around them because they they just see it as why would anybody be ripping me off. Well, yeah, and it's obviously the, the opposite. It, you're probably getting the worst deal, but because yeah. they're in there and this is see you coming, don't they? It's like it's like with anything. If you um, if you have somebody like my friend, for instance, she's just on about booking her um, somebody to come and cut for her house, and um, she's obviously chatted to them and sort of had a figure in her head and then he's come around and seen a house and then come out with this ridiculous amount of money and it, that's just what people do they, they, they add they see you come in if you're a footballer and think you can afford it and you're probably getting the worst deal ever it's like you have to go incognito I suppose and get someone else to do the deal for you to get the best deal and not have the like mickey taken out of you because um, that's what happens isn't it you see, see you come in yeah, absolutely. And I think there is that whole um, thing of people taking advantage because in every sense of the word, because they, they, they just see it as an easy, like a quick buck almost, isn't it? It's, it's um, you know, a lot of footballers are very young or all footballers are young and, and there is that naivety there. And I, I think it's, um, there's, there's a lot of trust that's in football of, of those that are, like you said, like even the clubs let certain people in. Um, yeah. I don't know whether that's changed now, but there was a time where clubs would, you know, there'd be someone that would turn up at a club. If the club say yes, that's fine. Then why would you, why would you doubt the people that you, you know, your employees, <laughs> that that person yeah, and wouldn't what, be what any other, bit good. So what, I wonder what the, what it is, like whether the club's getting a backhander to allow them investors, like people that were trying to get the players to invest in certain things 
like what's in it for them because otherwise why would they let them through the door Mm. exactly yeah and so how how can how would you say like obviously when we when we spoke to you all the times we've met you you're very passionate about um like um like women and the wives and partners knowing more and and just having a bit more of a seat at the table even for the players to have more of a seat at the table when it comes to financial decisions sort of how can you how can others avoid the situations like you said earlier that you and Wes sometimes found yourselves in like hindsight's a funny thing isn't it you could say oh if I in fact most people that whether you've been in a a boy band or if you've been a footballer if you've just you know uh, earned a lot of money in your first job I think if people always can look back and go oh if if I could go back I would have done things so differently Um, what advice would you give to people that are currently in football uh, well, I, I've always said that because I felt like I was always disincluded in, in anything that was involved around finances and, and investments and things like that. And I just wish I'd been a bit more um, aware of what was going on. And uh, what I will just say is just to educate yourself on the things that are coming forward and, and check things out properly. Don't just take one person's word for it. Um, investigate the person that's obviously offering the deal, get get a second-hand advice, third-hand advice, like make sure you're... Um, you just do your research behind whatever's being asked to, to invest and just keep your wits about you and don't obviously just let anybody into your life that's... Um, you assume is is has got your best interests at heart and just and it's really sad to think that you've got to kind of second guess and always be on your guard and never let that sort of like trust into everybody completely but ultimately if somebody's doing something like for you and it sounds too good to be true or they're putting this deal on the table then usually because it isn't and what you need to find out is what's in it for them and you know I mean because that's that's ultimately why anybody's bringing anything to the table because it's it's to make them money do you know what I mean so Mm. so just just to be present and to be um aware and just educate yourself on on things that are being brought to the table don't be shut out as a woman don't be shut out of of these business deals um make your voice heard and and people always sort of um kind of disregard women a lot of the time especially in couples and um with footballers they have like a lot of people around them like yeah keep your wife out of it I remember the guy that uh we was doing Wesley's finances when we were going to get married he sort of said you you need to do this prenup and this is like about a month three weeks before we're due to get married and he tried to put this prenup on me and I was like I'm signing a prenup well like I'm going into a, a marriage that and you're trying to tell me I've got to do a prenup which practically not worth the paper they're written on anyway are they not but it was just that thing of like these people around them of oh yeah like you this girl's going to take your money and protect it at all costs and and it's like um yeah again I've lost my train of thought now what I was going to say um so yeah Mm. yeah it's totally like it starting some like with people kind of getting involved in your personal life with the prenup like sometimes I guess the prenups are but that's like a decision you come to together someone shouldn't tell you to do it you know they might give you advice but you you don't just it feels like that kind of was a like for you, like, a, oh, we're just totally shutting you out of the money side. Like this is not nothing to do yeah. with you type of yeah. thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the thing is, like, at the end of the day, and and for so long, it, it always was like, well, he, he's earning the money, so it's his money, and I'm just kind of a um, sort of a spare part sort of thing, like that's just living off the back of it. And that's what the 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 world kind of projected to me with regards to the WAG label and all mm. that lot. Well, you're living off him, and you've not got your own career, and and um, it's really sad when I used to be almost like, well, I'm. I'm just what do you do for a living? I'm just a mum. And being a mum's like one of the hardest jobs in the world. And and at the end of the day, yeah, I didn't have anything um going on like when all this wag craziness. I had Hallie, um, but I wasn't working and I just felt so demoralized by that, thinking that I um I was just living off the back of him. But at the end of the day, when you were together, it's a partnership and you're both in it together and you're at home um, and you're looking after children and you're running the household and you're looking after your partner and you're a support network. And it is, it's a team, isn't it? It's, it, yeah. it's a partnership. And um, yeah, I, I think it's really sad that um, that's how I felt for so long. Not anymore because obviously... Um, you kind of grow together and you realize that, that that you are a unit but that's the other thing i will think i mean i i didn't um i don't regret being um just at home with the kids and stuff but i obviously now the kids have got older and and obviously doing the show well before i'd even joined the show the housewives i wanted to get on and do my own bits and pieces and and i started doing the Chris Frogs, like the clothing range, because I just felt it was time for me to kind of do something for me. But that was because I felt like it, not not because of pressure from from mm. anyone else. But I just think it is really important as well to have something for you and yeah. to um, keep some of yourself and, and remember who you are before you have kids because it's so easy to get absorbed in that sort of just being a mother isn't it and it's so nice to, to have your own thing and, and while you're in um that kind of world and, and the money's coming in and um it's really good to think about that the future yeah. then for you because you've got that um to utilize that that money that's coming in and i think people just think oh it's going to last forever and um, you get told to invest in all these different things and obviously nobody's seen the the last um financial crash and now we're in another recession and there's lots of things that you just don't know what's around the corner so if you've got it invest it in something that's going to be worthwhile and it's going to be something that um you enjoy and and it's something for, for you as, as a as a woman do you know what i mean separate from them what they've got the football thing uh, obviously you could do things together invest things together uh, as well if that's like open an open option but i just think it's really it's really good and it's nice to have something for you and uh, that you can build up on your own and that's what I'm loving doing now actually I wish I'd done it earlier but um you know I mean it's um, it is what it is but yeah I, I think I found it really um it took me this long to kind of grow and develop and realize who I am and what my purpose is and what I love and what it is that um, I want to I want to give back to the world yeah. and that's uh, I've only just kind of really found my niche and it's a process that I've been through from being on the show and I've like I said about growing and learning and um, but it is I'm here I'm here now and um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. 
I just wish I, I'd had that knowledge before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it was, you know, who you were and what you were doing when you, when Wes was playing, that, that was right at the time. You know, it's not for anyone else to tell you what you should or shouldn't have been doing or, you know, it's, it was right at the time. And yeah, okay, you could look back and think, oh, I wish I'd done this or that. But actually, you know, you, you guys were obviously happy and, and that was, that was what was right for your little family at the time. You know, um, you, like you said, when Wes went to Sunderland, you had to be at home with, on your own with the kids. So, mm. you know, that's, it would have, you know, that's what you did at the time. And, and, and uh, now you're on to new and exciting things. Yeah. Um, I think, but going back to the financial side, I think this is what we try and do with our community. It's, it's, asking people for the right advice but it's also just maybe just stepping up a bit yourself and just um learning more about you haven't got to be an expert in finance you haven't got to have a degree in finance but what you could do is just understand that your business like as a couple or as a player just know your um you know ask the questions um doesn't matter how silly they might might sound ask the questions about where your finances are going about how to to save for the future because um you know, once you retire and the people that you've employed to help you with your finances, once they go, you know, you're, you want to be left with, um, you know, security. So I think it's, it's just maybe just knowing to be paying more attention to it rather than leaving it just in, you know, handing it over to people. I think that's what a lot of people, when they start to earn money, do they hand it over to someone who is the expert without actually yeah. thinking I should probably keep an eye on this myself. Yeah. Um, and ask Definitely. a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think no one's going to look out for you more than you. And so you should make sure you know what's going on as much as possible. But one of the questions, which I think you've kind of already answered was what kind of advice would you give yourself um, at the start of the journey? Like, and so something for like the community to relate to. So in the beginning, like your younger self in the beginning of football, would there be one piece of advice you'd give yourself then? Um, just being, just being, like I said, just being present, just be like, educate yourself, be, be there, be aware of what's going on, be aware of the finances and, and make your voice heard, you know, like don't be kind of shut out into the shadows and, and being told, like put, put you in a box and it's nothing to do with you because, you know, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's like I've said before, it, it, it's your future, it's your yeah. children's future and you should be part of it, part of them decisions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's I think so, what, no, go on, Mags. Oh, I'm just going to say it's so much like, it's so good to hear from someone who's kind of been there, done that, like, because you've all this advice and wisdom having gone through it that it's so easy when the money's coming in and you don't need to be involved and everything's on the up and up. Like, why would you get involved? But you're like, no, that's the time to get involved because that's the best time to utilize your resources and figure out how to make all this last long term. Um, I think one of the pieces, um, one of the pieces of advice Maggie and I heard ages ago from uh, uh, someone who was within our community said, um, plan with the contract you have today, not the one promised tomorrow. And mm-hmm. that I thought, oh yeah, that's so true. Cause I think sometimes in football people, or even in life, people will say, oh, you're going to be going this place. You know, you're going to be earning this amount by the time you're, and I think people, um, 
yeah thinking about what's going to happen in the future rather than actually look this is what I've got now and like in football you don't know if injuries around the corner you don't know if you have a bad season and then and then um the manager doesn't want you anymore like it's don't don't always um think of oh um, it's going to get better and better actually like stick plan with the contract you have now um yeah that's what we were said and I was like oh that make that rings rings true for a lot of people I think definitely um yeah that's one thing that I've learned about just appreciating the here and now isn't it and just um being being in the moment but still obviously still planning for the future um in the sense that look after what you what you have in the here and now and and make sure you don't take it for granted um because yeah. like you say you just don't know what's what's in the future yeah. what, what's to what's yeah. come and and don't and don't like you said earlier don't be naive i mean one of the silliest things to do is is is, is stay naive and, and and don't ask people um for help and, and also just knowing what you can do for yourself obviously there is everybody that out you can pay for everybody do everything for you but actually try and do some things yourself um a it's cheaper and like what maggie said earlier no one knows you better than you and and um, that's probably the best thing to do isn't it just realize what you can do for yourself get more involved in in things that people are helping you with um and just understand you know it's it's your future yeah definitely definitely um yeah because a, a lot of a lot of the players this is this is their thing like they're so young and they go into it from such a young age and they have everything done for them don't they it's like from like what to eat when when to sleep like when to show up at the game and when to you know like everything's just so um organized and especially like coming out of that for them it's so it's a it's a massive change and there's not I mean some are really good at investing and really like good to got a head screwed on but um yes others just like I just want to play football and I'm happy just to go into it and and like that's all I want like just play football where's got opportunities that offered to him they could have made other money on different things and he just turned it away he just was like no that's being busy I'll just be I'll just want to play football and like I just think it's so stupid like could have made so much more by just accepting you know like certain things and modeling stuff and bits and pieces and just a fear of I suppose people thinking that is um I don't know just mm. they call it being busy don't they just do, yeah. doing extra yeah. stuff but the, the smart ones have done that and they've they've obviously got on and they've invested better and but yeah just um take every opportunity or try and persuade them to take every opportunity um that's offered as well um if it's a good yeah. one <laughs> but look into it changed Leanne do you think like then was kind of shied away from other opportunities because of like the coach his coach at the time and things like that do you think like now it's different or do you think it's still like that like footballers would still be like no I don't want to be seen just taking my eye off the ball excuse the pun Um, but (laughs) no I think yeah I think there's I I think probably the players now are, are more open to accepting opportunities and and other like um yeah just other things that have been brought to them not like investing I mean like to make up money in different things and like sponsorships um, and things like that yeah that's, yeah that's the word I was looking for um because I think that comes part and parcel with it now was when when Wes was younger it was like it was just frightened of like 
what are people going to think of me and what what are people going to say if I, you know, it was just like just football, football, football. And mm-hmm. he's always been really like down to earth and like, because he's a Manchester lad and um, yeah, always kind of shied away from anything like other than just a football spot, a spotlight, which in hindsight now is stupid not to, mm. not to accept them. Yeah. Um, things that were off because there is like we've spoken about before there is that whole second act of when your career finishes and that all and and let's be honest not every footballer manages to play till their late 30s you know it's a it can be a really short career for some and it's having though it's knowing what to do afterwards and maybe taking the opportunity every opportunity while you're still a player to be able yeah and that's and that's really where we come into what more you as well because obviously it's not just really about oh a footballer should do this isn't it it's it's like you said about finding your purpose while you have a bit more time while you have the financial security with Wes earning money you know but since since his retirement you know you you're now an entrepreneur and you have many successful businesses and charities under your belt how important is it do you believe to have a good team around you do you do you what what's happening with you guys now like do you have somebody to guide you through the financial side of business or charity or do you do a lot more yourself now um we still have like the connections with the financial people that we we had before um which we have built up a a trust and a relationship with um but that's come through like all the the crap that we've had to deal with do you know what I mean so um but yeah we're definitely more hands-on we're definitely more aware of everything and um uh it is important it's important to have people um to build a relationship that you can trust but obviously that comes with time um sorry either just went off and that comes with time doesn't it and obviously um situations that we've had to go through to to get there so um but yeah more more importantly just like to be able to do things for yourself is 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 really vital Mm, um just to protect yourself as well yeah absolutely yeah that's it so obviously now you have many different fingers in different pies and one of the things that you're doing at the moment is your website and I think you've just released something new as well haven't you um yeah my meditation downloads yeah yeah so is this the new like is this your passion project where you're talking about how you've kind of come to a place where you feel like you know what you want to be like in the world and what you want to give back yeah uh well yeah so obviously when I left the show and then just kind of really really um delved into like the charity work that I was doing and going to Africa and the women empowerment and the FGM and I'm still involved in all that um but I just obviously written my journal and I I loved doing that and obviously then that sold out I was like do I get more copies done or and so this it was like um a bit of a um a fork in the road like do I continue with that and do I build on that or do I go into something new so I come up with this concept with the situation with the world at the moment and um just everybody um kind of a bit lost in in this whole situation and um it was a t-shirt that I actually posted and it was like birthplace human mm-hmm. um politics freedom religion love and and what was it race race human and it was just um 
it was just really resonated with me that whole message and um a few people had said oh we um so it's but i'd spoke about doing kind of like caption t-shirts and and empowering things and um kind of on the spiritual side of it with regards to after i did my journal so that kind of it this came about and um i just um so people were saying oh um, where can we get this t-shirt so I, I spoke to my agent i was like let's get some of these t-shirts done i said it's a really important message i said and like let's do our own so it kind of just stemmed from there really um i, I was doing a, i'm doing a meditation teaching i'm still doing a meditation teaching course um online and i kind of I, i've just really realized how much I love writing so I started I've started to write a new journal so I thought that would go onto the website as well but I'd do that as a download I um started writing all my meditation scripts um I started doing the Shinny's show which is on a Tuesday night like a mental health page I was doing live meditations on there and then I've just kind of added other products onto the website and this little necklace it's got like the message on it's like a little bar but it's got like the message of like birthplace earth and all that um like the t-shirt the, yeah like the t-shirts and then we've got the baby grows and then we've we've talked about we're, we're just going to keep in, like adding more Growing. bits and pieces to it but ultimately it's it's about just spreading a, a positive message and um obviously the meditation um downloads are the most recent thing i've just done a seven day seven day scripts um of different meditations from connect with love to focus your destiny is, is um your destiny is yours uh one with nature i am guided i think that's all i practically all of them but they're all different themes and of all different like what what different moods you might be feeling each day it's not like a seven day you've got to do one each day Mm -hmm. it's just like there's seven different scripts on there um i i've like literally since leaving like well before leaving the show I started doing meditation like religiously and it's really helped me um with my own mental health and just it's just such a an amazing tool that I just promote it till the cows come home because I just think everybody should do it mm. um I'd love it to be more introduced into schools as something as part of their day I think it's a, such a valuable tool for everyone to have and um just I just can't um I can't scream about meditation enough it's just it's just such an important thing to have in people's lives and um it calms you it re-energizes you it refocuses you it just gets you so connected just to life and um just restores that peace and especially at the moment with all the the busyness going on in 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 our brains and the craziness and the worry and the anxiety and everything of the way the world at the moment it's just so important to to have that time to give to yourself to connect and just to go within and just be at one with peace with yourself and um so yeah i'm just i'm just loving i'm just loving promoting that really and helping people um on Shinny's page and I'm doing my lives as well on the with lovely on page and I've got a lo- lot of really good feedback and um I didn't ever think that I'd like my voice as much as as much as I do I listen to I've listened to my own meditation so much and I actually it calms me <laughs> to listen yeah. to my own voice is that really weird but <laughs> no, loads of people nice. say, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and when I first started the show and I was listening to myself on the show and I, I cringed I hated it um 
but I don't know, maybe just people say, oh, you've got such a soothing voice, such a calming voice. And, um, and I actually, I think, yeah, I, I think and you have a friendly voice. You have a friendly voice. I don't know if there's that whole Manchester thing either, but I, you've got such a friendly voice. Yeah. I suppose it's it. that thing that, um, that thing of people, like you never really enjoy listening to yourself because you always kind of cringe and then <laughs> I got used to it to an extent on the show and then obviously with with doing the the lives and people so many people saying you've got such a calming voice you've got mm. such a lovely soothing voice today. and then you kind of accept it because people mm. tell you enough it's like people tell you a lot of crap you believe it enough and yeah, start beating yeah. yourself up but the opposite I suppose happens and and the more people tell you you've got such a lovely voice you've got such a kind voice and you kind of accept it and I've accepted it now and now I'm enjoying my own voice <laughs> yeah embracing it as well yeah. well you're in the right thing for that as well yeah <laughs> it sounds like you've really found like quite a nurturing like organic path now it's yeah. lovely and you're sharing it with everybody which is really nice to give people that yeah. opportunity yeah to be a part of all the things you've learned. I feel like I need to start meditating more. I mean, not that I ever meditate, but I, I, I hear a lot about it. Like people say, just slot in five minutes, you know, like yeah. really ground you. Well, these are only, they're like 12 to 15 minutes. Um, so really, totally doable. you can do it. Yeah, exactly. What's I'll your, just start with we yours. Will, <laughs> we, will, um, we will link your um, website Leanne and your Instagram in the podcast but what is it again your um, website is it just Leanne Brown or is there a name to it your with, web, lovely with lovely Anne with lovely Anne with lovely yeah perfect I'm just everything's done on there with love <laughs> oh, it's an amazing message we've oh, loved having you on and it's I mean we've we met you quite a long time ago now and you've always been so lovely and really supportive of us and and what we're doing. Um, so it's nice to have you on our podcast. Yeah. Of course. Great. It's great what you do. And um, yeah, just um, it's so, so important for uh, women and wives to have that uh, network and, and just the way you promote each other's businesses and stuff as well, which is uh, incredible and just really supportive and really empowering. So keep doing it, girls. Keep going. Aww. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. Welcome to part two of Lifestyle Club, the podcast. This is a very special episode because not only have we had Lee and Brown on as a guest, as you've heard earlier, we are now lucky enough to have Peter Fairchild on, whom is a tax expert from Smith & Williamson. We've wanted to have Pete on for a while because himself and his company, Smith & Williamson, have been huge supporters of Lifestyle Club and our mission to educate wives and partners. They have helped many members of Lifestyle Club with their numerous articles and pre-COVID our tax and tea event. Peter, also pre-COVID, would speak at football clubs to the players and educate them about the ins and outs of tax and money matters. We thought post our interview with Leanne, this would be an ideal time to have Pete on as in Leanne's interview, she spoke candidly about finances and tax. So we've got Pete on to go a bit more in detail about some of the issues Leanne brought up. So thank you for coming on, Pete. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, we... So as our listeners have just heard, we, we interviewed Liam Brown and she spoke a lot about her journey in football and specifically touched on a lot of finances, uh, financial issues and, and tax related issues that come up for a lot of wives and partners in football and, their, and, their, um, and the players, obviously. So she mentioned um, that in hindsight, she wishes she had a seat at the table and was more involved in her and Wes's finances. 
Can you give us some tips on how to get more involved when it comes to managing money and also why it may also be a good financial, make good financial sense to have the wife and partner involved in those things? Sure. One has to recognize straight away that the income a Premier League footballer will receive just from their wages alone immediately will take them into the additional rate of income tax on the vast majority of their income. And in a nutshell, that means that the rate of tax that would apply to that income is at the highest 45% rate. So that's without any additional investment income, whether that be bank interest, stocks and shares, property income, or whatever. Anything else on top of their wages is going to be suffering tax at that significant rate. And quite often, in a relationship, in a family setup, it's the wife or the girlfriend that's probably got the more important job looking after the children and the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but therefore, they're not earning any income typically at all. So that means that we could be wasting personal allowances and lower and higher rates of tax bans because the tax system works in the UK that you either, on a year to year basis, use these allowances and lower rate bans or you lose them. There's no cumulative effect that if you don't use it one year, it gets rolled forward to the subsequent year. You use it or you lose it. Mm -hmm. And people might think, well, these amounts are relatively modest. Well, allow me to try and perhaps change the perception of people's minds. If we put sufficient income into the wife's name, we could be saving thick end of £20,000 of tax per year, every year recurring across the life of the playing career of the footballer. So, you know, lots of £20,000 across, let's say, a 10-year career, you know, that's £200,000 of tax Mm. savings. And just think what better use perhaps that Mm. money could be put to than just paying it over to HM Revenue and Customs. That could, for example, settle a lot of private school fees. Yeah, and that's all legal and above board. That isn't anything that someone's going to get stung for or make headlines. That's a very valid point, Helen, and this is all very plain vanilla. Husband and wives can transfer assets between them without any tax cost whatsoever. And if we have an unmarried couple, then that can also take place. It is you know, just a, a gift that you know, if um, the couple are happy enough for these things to occur, then, uh, yeah, what we try and promote is a culture whereby incomes, as far as possible, not necessarily equalise because sometimes, you know, with a footballer's wages being what they are, it's impossible to get the wife or the girlfriend's income up to the same level, but certainly put sufficient income into the wife or the girlfriend's name such that things like personal allowances and basic rate tax bans are utilised as far as they possibly can be. So we try and have, when we discuss these sorts of things with our clients, joint meetings with wife, girlfriend and player because I think it's vitally important that both parties understand in full what it is we're trying to achieve, the reasons behind it, and uh, you know, hopefully sign up for it and go into it with open eyes and full understanding. Because yeah, otherwise yeah. I think you risk mm. that if you just talk to the footballer, um, with so much going on in their lives, I have come across situations where the footballers you know, perhaps haven't taken in everything that we've talked about and then understandably after I've gone home over the dinner table the couple are having a conversation and the player says well I think it was quite an interesting conversation but I can't really recall much of it 
Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. really go anywhere, but far better position, I think, for both involved in the couple to have the full, clear understanding of what's going on and can see the benefit. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, think, I think when you're, it's kind of like go to the dark place when it, when it comes to talking to money. It can be quite scary, but at the same time, if you've got someone else like your partner involved, it's, there's, you know, two people listening, you can, you can understand it a bit more. Um, and there's, there's so much to be said for burying your head in the sand. And I think if, if a player isn't necessarily wanting to be involved too much and want to leave it to their financial advisor and stuff, it's so easy then to be oblivious to anything else that's going to go on. And like you said, I think quite often, um, you know, financial avoidance or, or wives and partners not getting involved is quite, it's quite um, a recurring thing that happens, isn't it, among women and, and wives and partners? Because I don't know whether it's like a generational thing, but quite often so many women don't get involved. But actually it's your future. Well, it you know, is. And, you know, in the extreme, um, I'm sad to say I have encountered a couple of cases where there was the perception from the wife or the girlfriend's side that because the football wages were coming in, there was lots of assets and lots of spare cash always available. Yeah. But they didn't get involved, perhaps because they wasn't allowed to mm. by their husband or their boyfriend. And the reason for that, I'm sorry to say, was the husband and the boyfriend had a, had a gambling problem. Mm. So actually spare cash that perhaps the wife or girlfriend thought was being safely invested for the long term and for the family's future was actually being lost completely by a gambling habits and an addiction, which, you know, okay, bless the lad for being in that position in the first place, but didn't really, and of course, it's a, it's a mouth thing, isn't it? Reaching out for help is a sign of weakness, yeah. apparently. Mm. Um, didn't want to seek help and advice and was gambling huge sums of money away and therefore when it all came out that you know, there was this complete vacuum in terms of um, future prospects for the family, uh, you know, the wife up and left. Mm, so that, that's an extreme case to demonstrate a point. Yeah. But it, that's how badly these things can go wrong mm. if both parties are not at the table involved yeah. in these discussions and understanding mm. the process. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think for many people, a reason for not bringing up finances with your partner is because you want to avoid an argument. You want to avoid any sort of, um, you know, whether it is gambling or whether it's just that you've been, I don't know, because in football, I think lots of people spend a lot of their time supporting friends and family or they have that lack of awareness of when a career can come to an end or, you know, they can think their latest contract will last a lifetime. So I think it's easy to sometimes not always share it with your partner because sometimes you just think you're, you're in denial yourself, like the players in denial them, themselves. Or sometimes you can have an agent or a financial advisor or a, a, another member of family that don't want the partner getting involved mm. because it's what? like you know yeah. what Leanne kind of experienced yeah. it didn't sound like at first it didn't sound like she didn't want to be involved it just sounded like when she kind sorted. of got there they were like we don't we don't need you involved whereas working with someone like yourself Peter like I think you're the type of person to welcome any involvement and also encourage that and I think that's a big part of the puzzle is having people around you who who see the bigger picture see the importance of the involvement in the partner um, you know, not just financially, but also just knowledge because they'll be able to help further down the line or help if there are any financial problems um, 
two heads are just better than one. <laughs> so, and I think I think there's something to be said for just asking if you're if a part a wife and partner gets involved in the money. They, money side of things you can almost be like right let's think of the what ifs what if your career ends tomorrow what if god forbid we got divorced what if your you know whatever anything can happen yeah. what if we want more children can we afford that like all these things that the, the wife usually thinks about i think that the sometimes the partner it's not that they don't want to it's that it is overwhelming when you're swirling numbers and you're thinking of things and maybe the wife or partner has that mental capacity a bit more to think of long term or even to think of it right now because they have just have that mental capacity because maybe they're not as preoccupied with football as the partner yeah and i think a lot of the time wives and partners can and this is quite, i don't know, sound like i'm being stereotyped but i think quite often women in general if you haven't been the person that has been working when your partner either comes to the end of their career, i.e. football, or I don't know, someone works in an office and they've been, they've been the one earning you do. You can feel quite vulnerable as, as the wife or partner as the woman, because you are, you've never sort of been involved. And I think that leaves can leave anybody feeling quite vulnerable about their own security. Um, so I think there is something to be said there, that's a reason why to get involved because it is kind of your future and that needs to be protected, doesn't it? I couldn't agree more with that. And, you know, at Smith & Williamson, we have a policy whereby if I'm advising any client on a particularly complex technical area that has got some high significant value attached to it, I am required to pass what I am planning to advise the client on to a second partner for a second set of eyes review just to make sure there's nothing I've missed, it's all technically competent and it all stacks up and makes sense. And I think, Maggie, you made that point just a few moments ago where you said, you know, two sets of eyes and two brains looking at something is far better than one. Mm. So, for example, if we wind the clock back 15, 20 years and look at film schemes, which were prevalent in the football industry, you know, you had sometimes snake oil salespeople coming into football clubs and selling these uh, arrangements to players who I'm not convinced at all really understood what it was that they were signing up to. And I'm just wondering then if we could have the scenario where the wife actually or the girlfriend looked at the set of papers and the proposals before the player signed up to these arrangements, how many players today would not be in the financial dire straits they are because of participating in such schemes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just common sense to have a second check, pause, let's rethink this. And there is that saying, isn't there, about um, um, planning for the worst and hoping for the best. Yeah. And that sometimes has got a lot of you know, sense to it. And those sorts of situations with the commitment, those sort of arrangements typically required, um, it really was almost like the roulette table. You know, is it going to come up on black or red? Mm. yeah so thinking that through as a family and a couple I I suggest is pretty vital yeah Mm. but I I also think though Pete that with things like the film schemes I'm not saying those in specific but I think sometimes you can even have your wife and partner involved but if 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 people like these snakes you're mentioning if people do name the right names 
that are they're also involved or you know oh, they're and, very convincing yeah oh my goodness yeah so I sometimes think how could a wife and partner even spot that because I think if you get told half the team are doing something oh so are these top celebrities you why would you question that I think that's you know there's a lot you know a lot of danger in that isn't there that actually you can have as many people to come and you know have eyes at the, the deal that's being offered to you and if if amazing names are being thrown at you that salesperson knew exactly all of that and therefore was trying to create you know the the typical herd situation where if one does it then everyone does it for fear of missing out on something that all their mates are going to have yeah tempting as it is you know the plea here is actually just take stock step back seek some independent advice not just from your wife or your girlfriend but your accountant your lawyer somebody independent just to give this fresh set of eyes on it before you commit I think talking about investing, why is investing so important for professional footballers? Well, I think, Helen, that's a really good question. And a couple of immediate points spring to mind. The first is that, and it applies to us all, there is this nasty thing around called inflation, which means that every year things typically are more expensive than they were the year before. And the example we typically give, it's a silly one, forgive me for this, but it's like a Freddo chocolate bar. Now, when I was a young lad, buying a Freddo in a sweet right. shop cost about eight to ten pence. I know. To go and do it now, it's a multiple of that, isn't it? Yes. You probably can't get one for, I don't know, 60, 70 pence, something like that, whatever it is. So that shows the effect of inflation. And to really demonstrate this, if, and there are statistics that prove this, if we had £100,000 of cash, which we simply placed underneath our mattress <laughs> 20 years ago and did nothing with it, but then retrieved the £100,000 today, how much do you think we could actually go and purchase something for using our hundred grand that had that value 20 years ago? Won't put you on the spot, but the answer is £54,000. So effectively, you've lost Jeez. just you've about lost half one half of the value of your money. Hmm. So therefore, you have to make investments that try and at least keep pace with and, if possible, beat inflation. Mm-hmm. And that applies to everybody, whether you're a footballer or not. It comes under the microscope, I think, more for footballers because of their short-term career compared to someone like me, for example. I will need to keep working much, much later in life than a typical footballer because I haven't earned the money that they have whilst I was uh, you know, in my 20s and 30s. So I typically could have a 40, 45-year career. And therefore, I've got a long time to keep saving for my retirement. And if I have a couple of barren years or a couple of years where I just want to go a bit wild and wacky and spend, spend, spend and have a nice holiday and buy the open. Not this year, uh, not this year. Not this year, no. But maybe next is my comeback. Yeah. Or get the, uh, you know, the, the convertible sports car and just say, you know, to hell with investments and, uh, and savings. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Mm. Over a 40, 45-year career, I can probably do that once or twice and it's not going to make a huge impact on the overall effect in terms of my pot of money that I then got to retire on. If we compare and contrast that to a footballer, you know, at the top level, uh, statistics suggest that um, Premier League players last no more than about eight years. And yes, they may have two or three or four years after that in the championship or some other league. Uh, that's fine. But, you know, w- whatever it is, Let's say, let's be generous and say it's a 12 to 15 year career. Well, you know, compared to my 45 years, I've got three times the length of career 
to do the same thing as what a footballer's got to do. So therefore, whilst a player is earning very good money, I suggest that's a great time to get rid of large expenses, i.e. your mortgage, Mm. such that when you retire from playing from the game, you are completely debt-free and you've got cash, stock shares, investments that can then fund your career going forward if you choose to have a second career. It should be the case, in my view, that the vast majority of Premier League players in today's uh, world should be able to retire in their sort of mid to late 30s and if they choose to never have to work again Mm. because they really ought to have if they've been properly advised more than sufficient cash assets that can fund you know the next years of their life and given life expectancy you know they've probably got another 50 60 years to go that's the bit that really surprises people yeah well you know I feel old as a footballer yeah but you're still a young man yeah. Is the reality. Yeah. You've got another 60 years to go to live your life. Yeah. And that's got to be funded in some way. And again, the more you spread that investment planning around between footballer, wife, or girlfriend, then going forward, you know, you're both continuing to enjoy income in your own names and therefore continue to make best use of personal allowances and lower rate tax bans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all of the tax savings I talked about earlier on just keep multiplying across all the years that they continue together. And because that short career, like you're saying, you have like a 40, 45 year career, your, um, your, your time in your career, you have more, um, not flexibility, but you have more acceptance to like make a mistake. Like if you make a mistake and you have a bump in the road and you invest in a, something that's not quite right, you have time to make it up because you're, you're back on that career for the next you know, 30, 40 years, whatever, however long you've been going. Whereas with football, it does seem like if you don't get it right right away and, or you make any mistake in your short period of time, the consequences yep. are sometimes un... You, it's harder to bounce back, like... And it, and it also is more important to get it right. Like, you know, many people might not think about investing until they're in their 30s or maybe 40s. Like, you know, they don't necessarily do it in their 20s, whereas footballers, they, be, they need to do it as soon as, you know. Yeah, well, that footballers are getting asked to do, mm. I know my husband was asked to do investments when he was in his late teens. So it's, mm. it, who will, who is in his age yeah. Know, in, with his friends are doing that having to think of that so and you don't always have that mental capacity to understand what it is especially when someone's saying oh you need to invest for your retirement when you're like early 20s why would you be thinking about that but yet I think there's that block in everyone's mind that oh no no my retirement could technically be in 10 years if I'm a footballer you know so but if you equate it to like a normal career or normal because everyone's career is different but the the kind of average career 18 for a footballer thinking about investing is probably 30 for you know someone who's you know working in an office nine to five or something so it's a funny it's 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 a really odd dynamic isn't it you both have raised some really key points there yeah that kind of flows into our our next kind of point that we wanted to go over which was how does smith and Williamson help footballers be financially secure for retirement Well, Smith & Williamson is a firm that has always had accounting and tax expertise and wealth management. And these days, following a merger with a firm called Tilney Group back in September, we now have financial planning expertise as well. So when it comes to managing people's money, 
You know, I think Smith and Williamson is a fairly unique position. It can do all of those three things under the same roof. One thing that we pride ourselves on is that with some of our clients we work with who are not sports people, because they're relatively stable in terms of their financial um, situation, certainly income from year to year, we don't need more than a sort of an annual review with them just to sort of see where things are going. With footballers, it is absolutely crucial that the frequency of review is much greater. And sometimes that probably needs to be quarterly. I've seen one situation where a player was earning £3,000 a week, but then came on and played for a top six club and straight away was offered a contract of £30,000 a week the following month. So it just shows how quickly uh, a player's situation can evolve and change. So therefore the plan needs to change with it. Yeah. Also, I think, Pete, when when someone, especially in football, has that huge jump in income, you have to be very careful who you surround yourself with because if you're not careful, people can take a hell of an advantage of that, can't they? Whether it's family, friends, businesses, you know, anyone really that can be around you. So I think to have someone like yourself there to say, whoa, right, now let's make a good plan mm-hmm. is everyone has to have that in place because I think you can be quite naive to think, A, that money will last a lifetime so I can help everybody out now. But actually, you don't know who's the right or wrong person um, that you're potentially giving away your earnings Mm. to. And I don't have a problem with players wanting to support their families. That's a very natural thing to do. Yeah. But let's make sure that, you know, we've got this in in the right balance. Mm. It's not a case of that, you know, the cash cow is sat over there in terms of the footballer and then we can all go to him with their begging bowl. Mm. I'm sorry, that, 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 that I don't think is, is appropriate. The player needs to seek advice to get himself geared up financially, not just for now, but for the future. And if it needs to be that I need, want to support someone else in the family for whatever reason, then fine, we can build that in. But as long as that is happening in conjunction with an investment plan, mm. then you know, that, that's fine. But you're right, Helen, sadly there are some examples and I've I've had clients where you think, well, you know, you're earning telephone number salaries and all of a sudden you're telling me that you can't afford to pay your tax bill at the end of the year. You know, why is this? And they said, well, you know, I've had to support mum, dad, cousins, thrice removed and bought them all cars and bought them all nice telephones and are paying all the ongoing bills. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not not sure that's, that's really you know, mm. the right thing. And it sounds to me as though you've been rather taken advantage of. Which is such a tricky position for you to be the one to have to kind of lay the cards on the table. Um, it, it can be, but yeah. also I think it's, it's inherent upon us to show that duty of client care. Yeah, they're, they're your priority. Precisely. At the end of the day, you know, I don't know the rest of the family, their, mm. their cousins and uncles and aunts, that they're all, all driving around in nice cars. Lovely for them. Um, but I'm not acting for them. I'm acting for the player and yeah. showing my duty of care to, to him and his family. So as long as the balance is, is struck, and I do have clients that you know, cars are their thing. So they will have a fleet of very expensive, nice, shiny bits of metal on their driveway. That's absolutely fine because they've done pensions. They've done long-term savings and investments. The yeah. mortgage is paid off. There's cash available to pay school fees going forward, all this sort of stuff. So everyone needs, you know, a bit of a, 
you know, let loose moments. I mean, life is for living, for goodness sake. So we're not saying you have to save absolutely every penny that you earn. Mm. You know, you've got to go and enjoy yourself. But as long as that's in a controlled way, fine. Carry yeah. on. And I think that that just blends nicely into our last point with you of how we think it's important for people to know that when they speak to you and your team um, about tax and finances, that they really will, you know, they'll be get they'll get explained really well and and detail without all the jargon because it is no matter what even just speaking to you today it's still a lot to take on board isn't it mm. yep um indeed uh this is a career that i've been doing for a few years now so uh you know one one thing that we do have to endeavor to get across to clients is to de-jargonize everything because a lot of our world is section numbers of tax legislation which sometimes tax practitioners struggle to follow and understand and yet to explain that to a lay person who is not a tax expert is probably sometimes asking for mission impossible to occur <laughs> so what we have to try and do is drop the technical uh, stuff drop the jargons drop the acronyms and just explain things in plain english and mm. where the clients don't understand something that's absolutely fine it's not their fault mm. it's probably my fault for not explaining it clearly enough in the first place exactly so I will strive to be very friendly, be professional, and show that duty of care. And I'll actually explain something to a client. And you can tell through body language and demeanor and the way the client's looking back at you, whether they're maintaining eye contact or whatever. You can tell with a judgment call whether they're getting it or not. Mm. And half the time, when you know clients well enough, you can say, you're not, you, I've lost you, haven't I? You're not following. <laughs> and they like, yeah, sorry. I, I, you know, we, we went off at tangents yeah. two minutes ago. You distracted Fine. me at, you distracted me at Nando's <laughs> thinking about what I want for tea. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll pull it back and we'll start again and yeah. we'll keep going. And I'll try and explain things differently to the point where, and sometimes, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. So I always have a book with me, my, my pad, if I can sketch things out, and I'm no artist at all, so lots of stick men I have to draw sometimes, and pieces, <laughs> you know, representing clubs and companies and things. But sometimes that's the, the trick that gets the penny across and makes mm, the penny drop. Yeah. So it's just making yeah. sure that, you know, sometimes we do live in a very complex tax world, but mm. we have to, as part of our job to mm. clients, explain it to them in a way that is understood and fully understood. Well, that's no different to anything, is it? You know, that's you've been trained to do this job. You've been working years understanding it. A footballer is not meant, or their partner isn't meant to come in and know exactly what you're on about necessarily. Just like you don't know how to play football necessarily. <laughs> I mean, you probably do, but not to their <laughs> standard. That's their thing, and taxes yeah. and finance is your thing. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, each their own, and I'm not going in there. Yeah. I don't think any professional. Uh, worth their dose of salt should go into a client and try and bamboozle the clients with their technical brilliance i mean that's because it just intimidates it's just completely wrong it gets the clients back up it intimidates them as you as you rightly say helen what we're trying to do is show that we're completely on the client's side and having paid our fees for providing the advice the client can still see the benefits which is hopefully a multiple of the fee that they're paying to think, well, actually, yeah, I quite like this. I can see the benefit. I understand what I'm getting into and I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. And I'm also absolutely. comfortable that if I've got any problems or queries down the line, they will be answered. 
and answered quickly and in a way that I can understand. And that's how we demonstrate and hopefully uh, evolve these long-term relationships that uh, you know the firm prides itself on. It's not just a case of we want to deal with academy players, we want, want to deal with established players. We want to deal with retired players as well because sometimes they go into extra businesses in retirement, which in itself, those businesses will require tax and accounting support, so it's more work yeah. for us. And you know we will work with the player on their financial journey. When I talked earlier on, when we talked about how we can help players be financially secure, we might start off by saying, well, actually, you know, this is the plan to 35. But as I've had one case recently with an ex-England player, he's now said, you know what? I've now got my second mojo, my second bit of wins, and I want to go forward with a new career. So he's now involved in two or three new businesses post-football career, and he wants to go and you know, work on those for the next 10, 12 years before he then probably puts his feet up and formally retires. So therefore, we've had to rework the plan to say, well, actually, plan number one as it was worked until you were 35, but plan number two has evolved to extrapolate that until you're 45, mm. maybe, maybe touching 50. It can be flexed, you know, yeah. according to what the player wants to do. Mm. Yeah, and we do have, like, as you know, a lot of wives and partners who start their own businesses. And we also, we've, we've just done a podcast with... Um, a girl, Kaylee, whose partner's at Man City, and she talked about the importance of speaking to a tax expert in a tax company about laying the foundations for her business. She said, you know, she's it's a swimwear line, Jua June, just a shout out for that. And um, <laughs> that podcast will be coming. But um, And she spoke about how it's so fun, you know, designing the swimwear, but it, she said the not fun stuff, but it's just equally as important as designing her collection is, is making sure she has the foundations right so that she can have a successful business long-term. And she spoke to experts around her and took advantage of the people who I think are working with him and, and like, you know, connections that she can have um, so that she can get the best advice to start her own business. So it becomes a bit of a partnership, doesn't it? In that, uh, you know, the, um, the client is wanting to do their business, the swimwear activity you just talked about, mm-hmm. or whether they're a footballer, that's their day job, that's their passion, great. We like to be in a position working with clients so they can get on with all of that, mm-hmm. being comfortable and secure mentally that the other important bits like tax compliance, accounting mm-hmm. compliance, investment strategies and activities are all taking place around that, but they're involved in it, but they don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. because we've had that detailed dialogue and discussion and plan and they've scheduled out what's going to happen. So we're experts in what we do. We get on with that. They're experts in playing football or designing swimwear. Get on with that. Yeah. But together, it becomes a partnership that works. Yeah, you're we all a team. the client yeah. to just focus on what it is they are good at. And, you know, for a footballer, it's clearly fitness, game time, success on the pitch. That's great. We don't want them, you know, muddled in there or scrambled in their brain, worrying about mm. bills coming down the track and, you know, the next film scheme sort of, you know, tax bill that's going to unexpectedly appear from HM mm. Revenue and Customs that I hadn't factored in or hadn't been aware of. That's going to distract them from their day job, and we we really don't want that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pete. Honestly, like this is so helpful and necessary, especially in the football world because. So often, players find themselves retired and a lot of the problems with their finances do 
come to a head then and it causes all sorts of mental health problems for the player and their and their loved ones so I think just for our members or anyone listening to understand a bit more how it's beneficial so beneficial to get involved with their finances early doors I think it's it's a win-win situation then isn't it completely agree people work really hard for their money let's make sure that money is properly looked after and they have yeah. that clear understanding about what's happening to it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely so, vital. Yeah. And if any of our members want to get in touch with you, they can either get in touch with Maggie and I and we can, we can introduce or they can find your details on our website. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Please. And, I mean, we're you know, very happy to uh, have calls with people just to explore their current situations and no matter how messy they might be no matter the messier the better (laughs) frankly more for you to do we 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 like tidying up exercises but you know hopefully you know a lot of it will already be in the right place there may be some tinkering around the edges to 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 deal with um but if it is a a a complete horlix then uh, yes we'll, we'll, we'll we'll gladly look at those as well but where we can help we'd be delighted to Thank you so much, Pete. So, um, yeah, we'll have all that information. Well, all that information is on the website. But um, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Good to talk to you both.